Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Heart of Purpose podcast. I hope you're doing really well. I'm your host, Desiree Siegfried, and welcome. I hope you've been having a great day or a great week. I hope that you've been following along, listening to all the amazing interviews, the encouraging women I've had the opportunity to chat with. And if there's someone you want to hear from, email me, DM me, let me know so then I can reach out and try to get them onto the show. Well, I am so excited today because I have Tony Collier, who is just such a phenomenal woman. She helps grow churches, but much more than that, she is just she embodies energy and she embodies purpose and life and encouragement and hope in everything that she does. She's a host, a consultant. She's um, a speaker. I mean, she does it all. And I am so excited for you to listen into our conversation. She is just a natural uplifter. She shares all of her many uh, resources, all of her many things that she's working on, like Broken Crayons, which is phenomenal. It's really inspiring hope and allowing us to know that our struggle is not our future and we have hope for our future and that we have a purpose. So tune in and just lift your ears to God. And I hope he uses this interview to reach your heart. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, so excited to be here. Yeah, you're such a light. I feel like you, I can feel your energy like from the screen, which I always need more energy. So. No, we all do. Put the coffee in my veins, okay? Oh Put it in there. Seriously, seriously. Well, we were just talking about how busy you are. You're just yeah all over the place doing yeah. speaking engagements. And how are you feeling? man you know for a second there I was like oh I love this pace and then I realized I'm like no this slow pace is a direct effect of a global pandemic sis that's not your real life okay um and I just like it's almost like the world just turned back on like the switch just like turned on and then we're all back and so man just been trying to break up with balance and marry priorities right now and and just prioritize, like just be fully in the moment for the moment and worry about everything later. And that's just been how I've been getting through. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. I need a, I need some of your tips, but yeah. I know I loved, I loved where, I don't know where it was that you went. I think it was where you're from, or maybe it was Houston. Texas. Yes, it was Houston. And, but I loved that there was one thing because I had been in a season of needing rest for a yeah. while. Like, you know, you just feel the spirit. Like, oh, I, I, I know like, it. I was like grieving the spirit because I, I was just too consumed with the world. 100%. And, yeah. but I loved what you said about like, you can rest mm. in like the good moments too. Like you were with family and you can yep. like rest. Man, I, I just think, for, okay, I'm a three on the Enneagram. Let me just preface it right there. Okay. I'm an achiever. I want to win all the time, <laughs> every day, all day long. Okay. I want to cross all the things off the list. And I think for me, I've, I've always found rest like after like extreme fatigue, right? I'm like, oh, okay, now I can rest. I've accomplished it. But I think what I'm learning in this season and maybe even as I get older, like rest can be found in the, the, the stable places too. Um, that taking a break, even from the good things, even from like all the projects and all the great things that's going on um, is also a beautiful type of rest as well. And I'm just trying to learn how to 
just pace it, man. I'm like, <laughs> you know how to run, girl? Calm down, sis. Like, it's, not, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I know. Um, and so just finding rest, even from, you know, relationships, marriage, even saying it's okay to take a little time from parenting in moments from my friends who I love so much. Oh my gosh. I want to hang out with my friends all the time, but sometimes I need to rest from that as well. So yeah. it's been a good season of learning. I think it's important for you to be able to recognize that too, especially as a three. I feel like you're probably like my husband. He just cannot can't like he cannot just put things down and like take a moment like even the other day actually this is really hilarious I'm like so good at being like I can I need my space so oh, I can take it good. I'm good for it a gift but yeah. um he was it was like the weekend which you know is supposed to be nice and relaxing yeah kids are playing and he's pacing <laughs> the house yeah because he's like I'm so bored what do I do what do I do I'm like you can go get the makeup I needed and he's like okay I'm going okay I'm he on got it in the car and he went and got my makeup for me and I was like great this is amazing he's but like, check um, killed it I know but I think like how do you channel how do you channel it in yeah to be no, like 100% I think it's healthy to rest your mind sometimes but yeah well I think for me one again I'm, I'm the same way so I feel your <laughs> husband in this moment and my husband's an eight um, and so he's a challenger. He's a driver. He, I mean, we're going somewhere and we ain't stopping. Okay. Wow. You oh, sure are our team. Oh yeah. It's real aggressive over wow. here. Real <laughs> aggressive. Um, but one of the things he taught me was this kind of eternal or internal peace and confidence in who you are and what you have done. And for me, I think I have always battled with what I will do. And, and my husband, for some reason, like he wakes up with this immense gratitude and ref like this reflective spirit on what he has done, what God has done through him, how far he's come. And he like holds on to it. Me have like a bottomless pit. I'm like, ah, that's old news. Whatever. Yeah. What next <laughs> milestone? <laughs> yeah. And, and my husband's <laughs> taught me that, you know, to just start reflecting and having those moments. And I have, I've written the things down that I accomplished for the week um, versus just crossing them off, balling them up into a little ball and throwing them in the trash can. What I do now to start my week is I look back on what I've already accomplished. And it's like a minor thing, but it has totally changed me because I go into the week now looking at my to-do list, not as like these things that I have to accomplish, but these things that I get to accomplish, right? That God's graced me for, and he's given me a pace for it as well. That's not on my watch, but it's on his. And it's just been beautiful. So I have like to do, wow. I have to do list everywhere. Okay. I mean, oh, that, that was just a really beautiful takeaway that I yeah. feel like everybody needs, especially my yeah. husband. So I'm going to make sure he listens to this. I'm going to grab his clip. I'm going to send it to him. Yeah. I'm like going to wrap it up. I'm going to put it in his ears while he's sleeping. Yeah, hey, can you just like listen to this one part real quick? No, but seriously, because um, it, I, that's actually so good, like to reflect yeah. on what yeah. you've done because also, you know, in the day of age we're in, in our work, yeah. in our social pressures, it's always the next, the next thing, the next thing, but tomorrow's not yeah. promised. So we need to really rest. Yeah. And what he's done for us. Um, yeah. That's so good. I really love that. But um, I love that we just dove right in because I actually yeah, want to go right back to, <laughs> to you and your story and how everything has come to fruition because mm. I love all your stuff. I want to talk about broken crayons and I want to mm. talk about um, preemptive love. But what, 
where did it all start for you? Oh my gosh. First of all, shout out to Texas. That's where it all started. <laughs> all right. I got Texas pride up in me. I wish you could see me because I have a Texas ring. Oh it, it, my gosh. Oh yeah. That's it's amazing. that real. Now I've been in Atlanta for eight years or something like that. So it's okay. Um, because I about Atlanta. You're like, eh, I've been in Atlanta. It's not really even that cool. Um, anyways, uh, but I started in Texas, born and raised in Houston, uh, grew up in a blended family. Um, and, and had a pretty normal childhood up until the third grade. Uh, my mom had a massive stroke. Oh, wow. She was paralyzed on her left side. Um, my dad just became the breadwinner and, and he was just very verbally abusive. Um, I think because he was so detached from our family because he had to work so much because my mom was so sick. He just didn't have that connection and nurturing. Um, and obviously his own childhood wounds. And uh, my three older brothers were a blended family and they went to go live with their moms. And, and so our family kind of broke up in the third grade. And, and here I am with my mom, just helping her, going to doctor's appointments, help, helping her drive. I got my little hardship license at like 12 years old. Oh I know. And so just grew up so fast. My counselor would call it parentified child syndrome, where we like, it, it's this like, unnatural progression of taking care of your parents and kind of switching into the parental role when you're still a child and when you still need nurturing and guidance. Um, and so I grew up so fast and ended up 13 years old, losing my virginity, uh, drinking alcohol, smoking weed <laughs> with all the boys, doing my thing. Yeah, running my own life, literally at 13. Um, and then, I mean, you're the parent. You're the parent. Yeah, the I'm the parent. I'm like, y'all can't tell me nothing. I'm an adult out here, okay? Um, then leave, left my parents' house at 16, graduated high school at 16, wow. put myself through college, um, and just always toyed back and forth on this pendulum of validation and performance. Like, I, I wanted validation. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted unhealthy validation from boys because I didn't have it from my dad. I didn't have that affirmation. And then I just wanted to perform. I wanted to win. Before we even knew what the Enneagram was, because I, I longed for my father to tell me, you know, he was proud of me. And so I was crushing it while also living this double life of being ratchet and twerking in the club <laughs> and, and all of that. Okay. So put myself through college, um, ended up, man, graduating college at 19. I was supposed to go to law school, called myself falling in love. Oh yeah. With this squad I met for four months. It was so bad. Um, I give it all up. I moved to Atlanta from Texas. Uh, with him, thought I was in love. It ended up being a toxic marriage and situation, very verbally abusive. Again, we were so broke. It's like another pattern. Oh, it cycles. I mean, the wounds from your childhood resurface as scars in your adulthood, and you don't get rid of those if you don't heal them. So yeah, girl, I was, yep, in the same situation, cycle <laughs> of abuse. Um, and, and so much. I ended up getting pregnant and having my little girl, Dylan. And we were just po. We were so broke. Wick, food stamps drinking coffee for lunch and dinner. I mean, it was treacherous, but I was also in full-time ministry because my crazy behind got saved and got to be a youth pastor. Wow. Um, I know. I, the Lord will use anyone. Let me just say that. Yeah. So you were doing, you were a single parent doing all of that? Yeah. So I ended up getting a divorce, um, had to get me and my daughter out to a safer environment for us. Um, and then, yeah, I was a single mom, started working for Girl Scouts Corporate International, helping girls and God was just kind of like, nah, I'm not done with your ministry story. You're going back into ministry. Get your crazy behind up back on the stage. Um, ended up at North Point Community Church okay. with Andy Stanley and started traveling and speaking and, oh. and then met my current boo, 
Yeah. My current man and uh, God redeemed love for me in a really, love really that. beautiful way. So that's so yeah. much. Did you always have like, once you got saved and you got into the youth ministry, did you always yeah. feel that like urge to be up preaching or like sharing messages or did that kind of just fall naturally in place? Oh yeah. I mean, I was young. I was talking in the church when I was in the Catholic church growing up. My dad would force me to get on stage. Oh yeah. Doing wow. the readings, but I was an acting too. And I've just oh, always okay. had that crazy wild personality. So God was just like, I just want to use it over here though. Like come in and calm yeah. it down a little bit and come use it over here. So yeah. Stop being ratchet and come over here. Stop being a ratchet little girl and, and bring yourself over here for the Lord. Okay. Oh, I love that. Well, you're doing such <laughs> amazing things for him and for the kingdom and for just everyone. I mean, I love um, Broken Crayons, Still Color. I mean, how did you come up with that? Because that just like, I, I feel like what you were saying about how your childhood wounds yeah. are like your adult scars, because I feel yeah. like broken, just using the word crayons in that brings yeah. me to my own childhood. And like, I don't know, there's something really. Yeah. Well, after I created it, my counselor was like, why do you think you created Broken Crayons Still Color? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just such like a good little phrase. He said, no, I, I think you are trying to redeem something in your childhood. And I was like, hey, I just want to go. Let me pay you. I got to have Bye. Um, and so that came afterwards. But the real story behind it really is, is through my daughter at one years old. Um, she loves coloring and art and we're putting her in art classes and all that. And she just loved coloring growing up. And so I got her like the full Monty, like the 64 box of yeah. crayons and the sharpener in the back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You remember. I know you have that sharpener in the back. Um, and she just literally made a mess. I mean, she took all the crayons, robbed them of their dignity. Their little clothes was off. They were naked. There was a mural on the wall. It was crazy. And I had to go and preach at a middle school the next day. And I was going through my divorce just all at the same time. It felt so unworthy. It felt so unworthy to get up and stand up and preach. And so I'm like in my little prayer closet, like, Lord, what do I need to say to these babies? I'm so unworthy. I'm so broken. Um, and he just gave me this message. Wow. And he was just like, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, go tell them that my grace is sufficient for them. Go tell them that my power is made perfect in their weakness. Like, go say that. And you go do it from a broken place. And just watch my power be you know, seen and known greater than yours. And it, I mean, it dismantled so many things. My performer's heart, my pride, my, you know, I don't want to be ashamed. So I'm going to pretend that my marriage and everything's so good. And it's not, uh, it dismantled it for me. And I vowed that for the rest of my life, I would hopefully travel around the world and tell people that their brokenness doesn't discount them. And that, you know, success is not based on perfection, but surrender. And we can do that. We can surrender all of our messiness, our brokenness, okay. and God wants to come in and, and just do something so beautiful with it. So, yeah. I love that. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of, I feel like this year, even just someone that's on my mind right now, mm. you know, they're going through really, really heavy stuff, yeah. especially this year has brought even more heavy stuff, oh but, yeah. and it's like, they're, they're unsure of even how to show up. It, because we, I was talking to a friend too. It's like, it's always easy to talk about it or share right. in hindsight, but like, how did you show up within the hurt, within the pain, within the struggle to, to, to share a message because it was, you know, God's using you in the pain, but how, <laughs> how did you uh, continue to show up? Um, for me, I think the first two steps were awareness um, I had to get out of environments and toxic communities and relationships that I knew 
were causing me to stay in a shame bubble. I was around people that valued me because of what I could do. Mm. Um, along with a laundry list of other toxic traits, like (laughs) gaslighting and abuse and all the other things. Right. Hello. Um, and I had to get myself out because if I was going to be brave enough to be broken in the public, I had to have a community that said, yeah, Tony, you're imperfect and you're wired for struggle, but you're still worthy of love and belonging. And that's a Brene Brown quote that I will probably get tattooed across my face. (laughs) Okay. Because it, it literally says that, that like, it is a fact that we're imperfect and we're broken and we're guilty, right? We're guilty every day. We're crazy. We're wild. We're going to curse somebody out every now and again. We are guilty, but, but, but guilt says that I've done something bad and shame says that I am bad and I'm just done with that. And so I had to get people away from me to actually do that and show up. And the second thing I had to do, um, was to be honest about what cycles I was putting myself in. We talked, you said that earlier. I, I had to realize what situations I myself were allowing myself to get into based out of a place of insecurity, based out of places of just not knowing my worth and my value. And the minute that I really just started to get in like healthier environments and be honest with myself about my ratchetness and my craziness <laughs> and sit on somebody counseling couch, every time I would get up, it would just be more about who God is and less about how ashamed I was because of who I am. Yeah. And I mean, that's the glory. That's where like the real stuff comes in. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so great. I always say too, like your struggle is your testimony. Like yeah. whatever you're going through, you're going to in like in hindsight, whenever the time comes, like it's going to be your story to bless others and to bless God. Like it's going to show his glory because he's going to get you through it. But yeah. But like, I love, I love talking about like worth and identity and the confidence in that, because I feel like maybe just because of the season of life, age and everything that I'm in and my, you know, audience Um, and honestly, social media. And I feel like there's grown women that are in their sixties, seventies that may still not have an idea who they are because of the society we live in. 100%. 100%. And I love that you mentioned it. So how did you... Let's do it. How did you go through your brokenness, but then come out with this new identity in Christ? Or how did you, how do you continue to grow? Because I think it's also something we have to continually yeah. like shed our flesh to yeah. find our identity in God. But how do you do it? Yeah, 100%. I, first of all, I love this concept. I want to affirm what you said. I have moms and aunties and everybody else. I have women in, in our women's course that we do, the Hopeful Woman course, uh, who are over 50 saying, it is, I'm just ready. Like, I'm ready to be better and more hopeful, and I want to find out who I am. So I just want to affirm that because it's real. And I, and I pray that more of the older generation would do that because... Yeah. It, 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 they, they, they weren't as encouraged. Like, I feel like this generation 100%. of millennials, everyone talks about therapy. Everyone talks about feelings. Yep. Everyone's like, yes, I'm getting it all out. Self-reflecting, writing. Yep. And like my mother's generation that you're yep. talking about, it's like, everything's perfect. Yep. Nothing's perfect. 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 Uh, I don't need to deal with anything. I'm delivered, you know. <laughs> Saved and I am perfect. So I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's because we disregard the process of sanctification. And that's what you're talking about. Salvation is a one-time situation, okay? Sanctification is a journey. And Bob Gall says it the best. I love the story. He says, um, which he introduces himself on stage and he says, hey, I'm Bob Gall. Which Bob would you like to meet? 
And, and you're, just, oh, you're like, okay, what'd you say? What'd you no, say where are we going with this? He said, well, when I was in college, I was the Bob that was loud and would talk over everybody. And I would come into a room and I would command it. And then when I was out of college, I was the Bob that was looking for a wife and making all the mistakes and struggling through law school. And then when I got married, I was the Bob that talked over my wife and didn't understand my wife. And, and he goes on and he lists all these Bobs. And he's like, I'm just excited to see who the next Bob will be. Oh. And I, I'm like, oh, I love it, Bob. Because... <laughs> I because love him. I don't want to be the same Tony as 16-year-old no. Tony. And I have to be honest about the fact that I'm not. 16-year-old Tony was legit. I mean, I can't. Doing the worm <laughs> on the club floor. Okay. <laughs> In all the booze. I want to All be over my shirt. Okay. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. Not and I don't want to be that Tony. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to be this Tony five years from now. And so what that looks like tangibly is like, I'm still in trauma therapy. I've gone through EMDR. I've gone through a 16 week trauma group. And at the end of October, I'm flying to LA and I'm going into another one wow. because I, we are not going to perfect the healing process ever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really I mean, dang it. The, the things that, that broke you, mm -hmm. you're going to carry them with you, but you're going to figure out how to put boundaries that are strong enough to keep the bad stuff out, permeable enough to let the good stuff in. Yeah. You're gonna learn how to talk to people on different levels. Things are gonna trigger you. It's a lifelong process of sanctification. And I'm just, I, I'm here for it. I'm like, sure, yeah. let's go. I love that. I've yeah. always been very self-reflective. I'm, mm. I'm like, I'm a nine, That's seven, four-ish. I don't even know. I have to like, <laughs> I'm all <laughs> I've got to dive in more on the Enneagram, but yeah. I feel like every podcast I, we end up talking about the Enneagram because uh -huh. everyone shares what they are. It's a thing. I, it I actually thing. just took, I, I took a test in 2017 and I took one today. Actually, I just finished and I'm like, I'm still similar, but it's funny how you change and you grow and it's important to continue to grow. 100%. Um, and so I think what has been some of the best resources for you to be able to grow aside from obviously scripture, but also yeah. like, I love that you're talking about trauma and your past because yeah. I think so often we just brush it under the rug and we're yeah. not actually dissecting what, what yeah. is affecting us, who we are today. Like, I know there's so many things from my childhood where I'm like, this is exactly why I'm the way I am, but how do I break it? Because this pattern and this, these lies in my mind yeah. are so instilled in me that how can I break them? Yeah. But like you said, it's just step by step. And it's not just one and done. Like we got to keep working at it. Keep working. hundred percent. I would say, I mean, obviously counseling, like I'm a shout counseling from the rooftops. If we go to a doctor <laughs> who has studied um, how the biology of our bodies work and what to take and what to do and how to move and what to eat, then why wouldn't we go to someone who has studied how our brain processes emotions yeah. and our reactions and thoughts? Like, I want to sit with that person. I need you to tell me why <laughs> my hands get clammy and my pits are sweating every time my husband has an issue with me. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, he's just like, hey, I just didn't like the way you said that. And I'm like, well, why? Why? I mean, I didn't even do anything. He's like, hey, you need to calm down. But it's because my dad yelled at me when I made one mistake when I was five years old. Mm. I have to heal those parts of me. So counseling has been a really big one. If you've been through something traumatic in your childhood, I would say take a step further into counseling and go to EMDR. My counselor says all the time. What is EMDR? 
so it's eye desensitization movement. Eye desensitization <laughs> movement. Okay. Okay. I think I got that. It is crazy. Okay. But it's trauma treatment. It's literally reconciling the traumatic moments from your childhood. It's if you look at a bookshelf and there's a, you know, a row of books, that's the story of our lives. And when a traumatic thing happens, a book just kind of gets pulled out a little bit. And what happens is as you're processing information and relationships and re your reactions, you're processing them through that little book that's pulled out. What trauma treatment does is it doesn't just take the book out. It goes back and pushes it back in so that you can have a clear and healthy process um, to actually just communicate and have emotions. And so I would say that another thing that helped me a whole bunch was uh, there's something called the Patterson Institute. I did a life plan. I sat down with a life planning coach. Yeah. Um, and it's not just like, who do you want to be and what's your purpose? <laughs> like all that. And I think that's great. And I think that's needed as well. Um, but it's more about what's your replenishment cycle? What are the things that actually fill you up and how consistently can you do those things? It's about what is what what things in your life are you connected to that's pulling you closer to the things that your heart breaks for and pulling you away from those things and how can we create a plan and a pathway to do less of those things and more of the things that actually give you life I and so that. do that oh do that. i'm gonna go do that that sounds amazing it's so good oh, I, that sounds amazing i'm gonna yes. link that in the notes because link that thing um yeah, I think it's always important to continue to grow. I mean, yeah, why stay complacent in our lives or or dwell in like yeah. unforgiveness or shame? Shame's shame. one, like mm. yeah. So yeah. how how has the the broken crayons? How has that evolved now? Because you're yeah. helping so many women. So how has that been for you as well to like to encourage and bring hope to women? Yeah. I mean, I cry almost every like course call that we have. I had one last night and I'm just like listening to these women's stories. We walk 50 women at a time for a year through our course that we've created, helping to process through brokenness, giving some tangible step-by-step -step things to get on the other side to hope. And I just listen to these women's stories and I just cry. Wow. I cry my little behind off because I get to do this. I get to walk in redemption while helping others be redeemed and it's just a beautiful thing broken crayons has evolved so much I and mean, we started off as just a little blog doing like little blog series and we're like this month is all about being chosen by god and we wrote like one two and three weeks of content um and then that grew and started doing so well and we had guest speakers and writers come in and then our kind of instagram kind of blew up and then we created this um Facebook group exclusively for women called the Hopeful Woman Collective because all of our women were like, I love this content, but I need somewhere to process it. Oh, so we kind of yeah. pushed all the women to there. Um, and then we said, all right, there's no roadmap. Like there's no real roadmap for a woman to say, I just went through a divorce. I just went through a bad breakup. I'm feeling super lonely. I'm battling with depression and anxiety. Like I've been through an abusive situation. I need help. Like, what do I actually do? And so we sat down for a year uh, with experts and and the Tom Patterson Institute actually. Wow. Um, and we wrote a course, 50 videos, eight steps to overcoming brokenness and getting to hope. And so we did a huge online conference. We had 1300 women come out and then we transitioned a whole bunch of women into the course. And so that's, that's what we've been saying. That is so good. That's so cool. It's I been mean, great. I still can't believe when I say it, I'm like, dang. Yeah, that's, wow, that's incredible. So how many, how many years has that been going? 
So our course has only been launched for a year. So I'm telling you, we didn't even think we would have the course done. And then COVID came and I had to get off the road. So I had all this time yeah. and I was like, we're going to finish this course and we're going to launch it like this year. So it's been amazing. And then how can people check that out? Is it Absolutely. So they just go to brokencrayons.com, B-R-K-N crayons.com. We got super creative. I love well, it. We're millennials. We're millennials. I know. So B-R-K-N crayons.com. And then if you want to save space to process, we've got over 1,300 women in a, in a Facebook group called the Hopeful Woman Collective. And they are raw and beautiful and vulnerable. And they be praying all the oh, time. That's amazing. That. Yeah, it's amazing. It's oh, so I love cool. That. I would love to join and come on, girl. Party, come on, be a in part there. of any type of prayer. These women, um, I mean, I'm telling you, you, post one thing and they're like coming in hot. They're like, oh, just pray this scripture over you. Sing this worship song. Let's go. I'm like, oh, yes. That's yes. A, I love that. That's really great. Fun. That's so necessary. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, what, I, it's just great to have resources available for, 100%. for anything. That, and I think what's great too is when you are willing to share your story or be vulnerable. Yeah. Then realize that other people are going through the same thing and then you're not alone anymore. And oh, yeah. that alone brings hope, I feel like, because you're like, I'm not alone. Yeah, I'm not crazy, crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, just surround yourself with people who make your crazy feel normal. <laughs> no, That's kidding. what I'm trying to say. I'm like, I just need a few Tonys in my life just so I can have an excuse, okay? Yeah, so how has been um, being off the road? Or are you back on the Well, you've been going. Girl, I've been going. We back on the road. And honestly, like, being off the road, you know, we, we all were in this crazy COVID extravaganza, right? And we're all trying to ride this pendulum of hurt and hope coexisting and gratitude and sorrow. And the unknown is just so weird. But... My hope for everybody is that we learned some things during that season, that we, that we didn't just let COVID come and we freaked out and then we just kept, kept it moving. For me, I really did realize, hey, like you don't have to be on the road as much. I started to look at even my like emotions and anxiety around, oh my gosh, like I don't have as many gigs this month. Yeah. And how that kind of started to mess with my identity in a way um, versus seeing kind of the quality over quantity type thing, taking opportunities to go on the road that actually had a better like quality yeah. of life. So I wasn't always leaving my family. Um, and then that's when we launched a course and we're launching merchandise and that's funneling in money and creating another stream. So I don't have to be on the road all the time. And so it's been a real discovery season, but my husband's on tour right now. So I've been with him a little bit. Yeah. So he um, wrote a book, right? Yes, a greater story. Wait, can I oh, just explain really quick how you guys met? Because I love oh, it. Oh, yes. You First two are all, like just so like. We're crazy. Like, magnets. I don't know. Yeah, he's nice. So like, he's crazy he's, too. So it just kind of lines up. Um, long story short, man, I was processing through this divorce. Didn't think I would ever do ministry again. Um, divorce got finalized. Someone called me up and was like, hey, can you help me plant a church? I was like, nah, I don't want nothing to do with the crazy church. Okay. I had some church hurt and manipulation. And he's like, please come on. You don't have to do anything. So I go out to Buckhead church for a church planting meeting and I help strategize and do all some church planting stuff. And I'm presenting this idea to my husband. At, wow. in, which was my husband at the time. And he's like, who is that freaking girl? And I was so ashamed that no one really knew that I had processed through a divorce because I was hiding it. So the guy was like, nah, bro, like she married, like back up off uh -oh. of her. Like, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. And so afterwards, after the meeting, we all kind of kept meeting. We did not end up planting a church, praise Jehovah. 
but we did just like continue to brainstorm and Sam, my husband helped all of us like walk into opportunities that really got me back into ministry. So he was like, Hey, you should come speak at our church. I'm like, all right, I'm down for the cause. Um, and then after I made public that I was divorced, he was like, Hey, you want to go to lunch? I was like, Oh gosh, this guy. Um, and That's went to so lunch. Oh, he he so, wasn't going to give up. He's oh no. He was like, i I'm sorry, what you said you uh, I'm coming on in hot. I'm coming in hot. And he was so honored and respectful. And he's like, even if you don't want to go, I still, you know, would help you with ministry stuff. Like, just let Aww. me know. And I'm like, come on here, boy. I go yeah, on to lunch. Come on over here. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, we fell in love very, very, very fast. Obviously, we're very passionate people. Um, we got eloped. Yeah. Everybody was like, why did you get eloped? They were like, nope. So we had a marriage celebration with 300 people. What? <laughs> And it was just beautiful, yeah. Aww. Beautiful, fast, crazy story. Um, but I mean, he changed my life and took care of me and my daughter, paid for all my counseling for two years. Wow. Um, truly a beautiful story of just redemption and how God will just redeem the times. I love redeemer. that so much. And yeah. how long have you been married now? Four and a half years, can you? So fast. Yeah, even, I'm like, goodness <laughs> gracious, but hey. Who are you? Okay. Um, but it still feels like we're dating. Honestly, we oh, chase each other around the house. We travel together. We're crazy. That's crazy. So how did, I mean, I think that's, I think that's actually a really other topic around this year that is really yeah. disheartening um, yeah. to see so many marriages and relationships fall, fall apart so yep. quickly. Like yep. it's almost as if there were so many wedges within it that it just yeah. took COVID and being quarantined to really break it. Um, I mean, what is some advice from you guys, like, Listen. to keep your marriage lit? <laughs> keep it lit. Girl, be honest with yourself. One of the things that we said early on is, okay, in our, like, super in love phase, it's like, yeah. we're going to spend 90% of our time together. We're going to be on the road together. It's going to be <laughs> so amazing. And then it was like, I freaking hate you. I don't know. I don't want to spend but about 3% of the time with you. <laughs> And our counselor, counseling again, said to us, y'all have dominant personalities and you naturally want to lead and control. And not like in like an unhealthy way, but you yeah. want to have leadership in something. And what happens when you don't take enough time to control your own environment in your own sphere of your world, you will try to control your spouse. And that's the kind of trap that we found ourselves caught into. And so when something changes externally, we always recalibrate. As soon as COVID hit, we literally go to our counselor and we says, what do we need to do? You have seen this before. You've seen couples have to be super close in the same space. Like, what do we need to do? She was like, number one, one of you need to get an office. Like you <laughs> yeah. have to go and get a space to where it would feel like y'all are both going to work because you're going to be in the house together. You have to have your space. Girl, I went on Wayfair, Amazon, Target. I got, I said, I, I know who's going to get the space. It's going to be me. I love that you did, you took leadership. You're like, I get the space. I said, don't you worry at all. Got me some bookshelves, honey, <laughs> some cute little furs. I mean, I even got a real plant. He's almost dead at this point, but I mean, still. And, and created my own space. And it, she was right. She was so right. We are so intentional about setting boundaries in our marriage. And that's a crazy thing to like focus on. Yeah. But for us, like we just naturally drift towards each other and then we explode. And so we have to create boundaries in our marriage. Um, and that's been really, really great for us. 
That's really awesome. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great. Great takeaways for anyone dealing with anything. Yeah, just what a crazy year. What a nuts. So wild, man. Yeah. So, I mean, this um, podcast is all about living with a heart of purpose. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you, how do you really um, get inspired each day and live mm -hmm. to live intentionally and with a heart of purpose? Yeah. My husband and I have this saying, it's like, if this is our lifetime on stage, on a podcast, um, if this was it, how would we want to go out? And, and we literally take every single moment with that posture, literally every single time we get a platform, every single time we get to go on stage, every single time we get to do the thing that we love, that we are purposed for and called to, we literally say, okay, if this were the last time, how can I take advantage of this situation? Like, how can I truly just walk in confident humility and make the most of it? And we go into every opportunity giving our all because it really truly could be the last time that we get to do the thing we love. And so we're going to go fully in. We're going to show up and be loud and give it our all and sweat. And it's just going to be who we are every single time. And I think uh, it kind of makes us like, I don't know, it's kind of like this internal game of like, okay, what if we never get booked again? Like, this is the last go round. This is on our toes, you know, like, yeah. we could lose it all. Because if this is not what we're in here in this for, in the I first love, place. I love that. I love that. I love you said confident humility, because that's a, that's actually, I don't know. I've never heard it. Those two words put together. And I love yeah. it because yeah, you're, you're, you're intentionally and confidently walking in humility and that gives you a different kind of assertiveness that I think the word humility yep. doesn't necessarily always have. Oh yeah. People think it's so weak and it's like, yeah, oh, it's weak. Like it takes real courage to be humble, yeah. to admit when you're wrong, to admit when you have oh, yeah. done something you shouldn't have done. I mean, like, <laughs> Now that takes confidence. I think we've just thwarted it. Like our world has thwarted like what confidence is. And, yeah. Oh yeah. If I get up on social media and I post, it's like, nah, that doesn't take any bravery. It takes bravery and confidence to be like broken and humble yeah. and walk fully in that. Yeah. So. Amen. Oh, all right. Well, man, I could talk to you all day long. You're Go so fun. I love it. Fun. I, I feel like I know you and I, I mean, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I mean, I guess just on social media. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, that's so good. But um, so do you have any upcoming engagement or um, anything that's coming up that people can come hear you speak? Yeah, absolutely, man. We have so many great things going on with Broken Crayons. One of the things that we're launching for uh, the holidays uh, is a partnership with nonprofits. Um, we have chosen and interviewed and specifically targeted a few nonprofits that are doing really great things for women. And so we're going to be releasing some merchandise that helps support that in December, December 1st. This is actually the first time I've publicly said that. Now we really got to <laughs> do it. Oh I'm like, dang it. Okay, okay. Really got to do this now. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Really? When I hold myself. You're like, uh, I can uh, you're like okay. no, 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 girl. Now we got to do it. Now I'm held accountable. Okay. But that's the, the most important thing. Yeah, I think I've transitioned, honestly, from like the Tony Collier brand to like, what can we do for this community of women all over the world who are struggling and broken? And that's like the go-to. All things point, all roads lead to broken crayons. We're doing a Thanksgiving drive. We're preparing meals here in Atlanta. And then we're launching this initiative and some merchandise. So yeah, stay tuned for that. If you ever think to like, have you ever thought to expand into maybe where they can, there can be more groups and more like 
Because I feel like there's something so beautiful when women yeah. get together. Oh, yes. Like, I don't know. Just even when I'm with friends, I feel like a different, it's different yeah. from being with your spouse. It's like a, oh no, there's just a different energy. No, 110 And vulnerability and... Yep. I've been taking my cues from Miss Jenny Allen over there at If Gathering. I get to, to host yeah. that conference. Um, and we have definitely thought about some If Local groups and what does it look like for us to actually galvanize all these women? Because again, we're like, we're internet based. So we have women literally in our course from Puerto Rico and the UK and the Philippines. Like we have women all over the place. And so we are definitely like, how do we galvanize these women and create, you know, broken crown small groups or the hopeful woman small groups. And so we've got some things kicking for 2021. Cool. A team retreat is coming down and yeah. um, it's going great. So we're excited. I love it. Well, I can't wait to see what else is in store and be a part of it. I'm going to sign up. <laughs> okay. So, so where can everyone follow you and I feel like you do so much. So, <laughs> so I do do so much. Just on your Instagram, you have all the things. All uh, the things are there. Yeah. So uh, Tony J Collier, T O N I J C O L L I E R. I would encourage you if you're a woman, man, follow our broken crayon stuff. That's where the real juice is. That's where the real community is. Um, for me, it's like rando captions of my life and my family, helping people process through things, and I'm posting about injustices and brokenness and Jesus and my family. Um, and I, yeah, that's just where it is right there. Tony J. Collier on all the things. Well, uh, thank you so much, Tony. It has been such a pleasure chatting with you and I don't know. You're such a blessing. All right, guys. Well, how beautiful is Tony and her inspiring words? I just love her. Her energy is off the hook. I mean, she just is filled with so much light. So I really encourage you to go follow her right now and check out Broken Crayons. Um, I just want to leave you now with a prayer. So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone that's listening. I thank you for Tony and her uplifting message, Lord God. I pray that you fill the hearts of those listening. I pray, Father, that you encourage them to go about their day, whether no matter where they are, whether they're in their brokenness or whether they're in their victory. Lord, I pray that you are with them. I pray that you cover them with joy and goodness and happiness. Lord, I pray that you show them their next steps. You give them that discernment that they need. And I just pray this in your holy name. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, you guys. Well, until next week, love you and take care.